Welcome back to Inboxing, a podcast where we dive deep into the world of email marketing. I'm excited to announce that we're now in season three and we've got an amazing lineup of episodes for you. We've already recorded 12 great episodes that cover everything from design, copywriting, automation, and segmentation, all best practices for retention and even acquisition. So, and season three, we're going to be taking things to the next level. Be like, yeah, we, even, we have just such a great lineup of guests. I'm really excited. I hope you'll enjoy every one of these. And if you're a fan of inboxing, I invite you to show your support by subscribing and leaving us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please tell your friends and colleagues about our show so they too can, embed, can benefit from the insights and tips that we leave here. As always, I love hearing from our listeners. If you have feedback, questions, or suggestions, please just reach out to me. Um, you can reach me at hillel at hilleberg.com. I always appreciate your input. And lastly, I'm, thrilled, I'm thrilled to announce that Inboxing Season 3 is brought to you by Abandoned Card Expert. If you're an e-commerce brand looking to recover lost sales, Abandoned Card Expert can help you optimize your abandoned card flow and turn more of those abandoned cards into revenue. And with their no-pay guarantee, you won't pay a dime if they don't deliver results. Head to AbandonCardExpert.com today to learn more. Now, without further ado, enjoy Season 3 of Inboxing. I love that email is not as restrictive and you can just get wild and write the craziest emails and people will love them. Today in Inboxing, Amelia Tanase, email conversion copywriter and strategist for six seven-figure founders. Today's guest really intrigued me because I first discovered her on a... Um, on a LinkedIn post uh, that she did after she did a, a talk, a live talk. She gave a class at Inbox Expo um, in Valencia last summer. And uh, she just talked about like the experience that like she gave this class and then she got back to her seat afterwards and her phone's like blowing up. So here we are, <laughs> you know, about uh, six months later. And it's really, I'm really excited to have her on. Um, she's very been very gracious about the whole thing. And um, so anyway, without any further ado, please welcome Amelia Tanase. Hi, it's so good to be here. Hey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> for sure, for sure. It's really my pleasure. And I really, I thank you for being, you know, gracious enough. Uh, you know, coming on live is not easy. So I really hope, you know, we'll get, you know, a little, you know, essence of, of what you bring, you know, and that's the whole point of it. Let's just jump in and hear your amazing story. So yeah, so could you just tell us a little bit, introduce yourself, you know, who are you? Where'd you come from? <laughs> and how did you, what's the journey? How did you end up on inboxing podcasts about email marketing? Yes. So I'm a Romanian gal. I was born in a really small town around Bucharest, the capital of Romania. And I unofficially started my copywriting career back in high school. I think I was 16 or 17 years old. And, you know, it was a, the year where my mom got really sick and my dad got laid off from work. So we were in a very bad situation, my family and I. And it kind of got me thinking, you know, what can I do to kind of help out? Uh, maybe I can earn some extra money on the side. Um, and also I was a teenager, you know, so the fact that our finances were a bit rough at the time, you know, I wanted to be able to earn my own money and not ask my parents for that any longer. 
um, especially in a time like that. So I went on the internet, of course, and I Googled how to make money as a high school student. <laughs> and, you know, the first things that popped up were like, oh, you should wash cars or like tutor people and stuff like that. But I couldn't really do any of those things. I mean, there was no way for me to wash cars in that city. Like no one would do that. And then tutoring people, there were few opportunities for that because again, it was a small town. So I don't know how, but I landed on this website called Craigslist. <laughs> and on Craigslist, you know, people post all kinds of weird ads about, oh, we have this washing machine that we want to sell, or <laughs> we need someone to come and do our painting for the house. Um, so in between all of those ads, I found someone was requesting a copywriter to write their about page for a newspaper. And, you know, I was passionate about writing. I have always been writing stories, you know, fiction stories in my own free time. And I was like, hey, I can write. Maybe I can do this. And I applied to that job and I got back an email. I, I was outside with my friends and he just said, hey, we'd like you to do this page. We'll uh, send you 20 or $40. I don't know how much it was. Uh, can you do it by tomorrow? And I was like, oh my gosh, by tomorrow. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I said yes to the job and then uh, another Google search led me to Copy Hackers, Joanna Weave's um, platform where she teaches copywriting. And that night I remember I was like binge reading all the articles there on, you know, what conversion copywriting is and how to do market research and all these things. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this by tomorrow? <laughs> but, you know, some somehow I did it. I got my 20 or $40. And it all started from there. Then I discovered Upwork and obviously on Upwork, it's um, a lot easier to find gigs. It's all about gigs. Um, it went really well. Like I was earning quite a lot of money for someone my age back then. And then, yeah, I did the worst thing ever because I stopped. <laughs> I stopped using Upwork and I stopped writing copy because finals were coming. I was supposed to go to university and... I just didn't think copywriting or freelance copywriting would be a viable career. I just thought that I, you know, got lucky with making money that early on and stuff like that. So I went to university. I specifically picked a module that had, um, sorry, a course that had a module about copywriting. We never ended up doing that module for some reason. <laughs> Maybe I misread. I don't know. But yeah, it was around that time when I realized hey, I think what I was doing in high school was a really cool thing and I shouldn't have stopped. Um, so yeah, I finished my degree and then once I got back home to Romania, I started, you know, it was, I think COVID was in full blown back then when I started. I was doing it part-time copywriting because I was still finishing my degree. And then, yeah, I think this year was my first full-time year of being a copywriter, actually. So that's... That's the gist of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, what piqued your interest, in, particularly about email? You know, that brought you to you know the Inbox Expo, right. where you gave your talk. Yeah. So, I think the thing I love about email the most is the fact that you can see results really fast. So you can send an email right now and see how well it performs within the first hour. I like that validation of you know. Was my market research strong enough? Was Were my ideas catchy enough? And stuff like that. The market will tell you a lot quicker than they would uh, with other forms of copy. 
And not only that, but I also love the intimacy of it, of being in someone's inbox. You know, you can really create relationships with people that way. Whereas if you are writing Facebook ads, for example, I really hate writing Facebook ads. <laughs> like, don't ask me for that. There is, it's more of a transactional um, effort, really. Like people click and they either buy or they don't. But with email, they either buy or they don't. They either respond or they don't. They open each and every one of your emails. So there's, it's a lot more depth to it. I love that about it. And it's also the fact that it's your own platform. So you have people's email addresses means you can email anything. Like you can get really creative. You don't have language restrictions or limitations. Like again, Facebook ads has so many restrictions. I remember there was a time I was working with an agency and I had to write a lot of Facebook ads and they had this guide on the words you could use and couldn't use. Like you couldn't even use the word you, which is such a big thing in copywriting. You have to use the word you. Um, and that was crazy to me. I didn't want to, you know, have to think of ways of not using you because I had already formed my style and my way of thinking about copywriting. Um, so yeah, I love that email is not as restrictive and you can just get wild and write the craziest emails and people will love them. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. What kind of emails do you get upset about when you get those emails? Oh man. Um, <laughs> I think I find upsetting what most people find upsetting when it comes to e emails, bad emails, whatever, because it's about those emails who offer things you don't care about. And not only do they offer them, but they pressure you about it. Like they send tons of emails about this offer, this 50% off that's going to change your life. <laughs> and, you know, if everyone sends the same thing, like five different brands will send me a 50% coupon. Like, who do I buy from? And why should I buy now? Like, just because you have a discount is not a good enough reason to make me buy because they have discounts all the freaking time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so there's there's really no incentive there for me at least. And I know for, for a lot of people also. Um, so I find it upsetting that a lot of brands don't try to build a relationship with their lists. They don't entertain you. Like when I open my inbox on my phone, there are a few people I'm subscribed to and I'm sure we're going to get into this later. <laughs> Um, that I, I always read their emails, even if I'm in the doctor's office waiting, you know, or like trying to buy something at the store. Sometimes I find myself reading their emails because they are entertaining and they're a part of my life, you know, in the same way that you would be reading a, I don't know, I don't want to say newspaper, I guess, who reads newspapers. <laughs> but in the same way you would be keeping up with a TV show or like something you really want to know about, basically. All right. All right, what was your biggest, you know, copy mistake or email mistake? Oh man, I think that's such a cool question. I don't think I've ever been asked that, so I love it. I think my biggest mistake was thinking I could do a launch without preparing my emails in advance for the launch. And I know that's crazy, but hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the launch was successful. Okay, that was not the problem, but the problem was it was incredibly stressful. Launches are stressful by nature, but when you don't prepare your emails in advance, it's like twice or three times as stressful. And um, 
with my own email list. Basically, I send story-based emails about my life, about my business. And then I, I give people a tip about copywriting or email marketing at the end. So I entertain and I teach. And because of the way I do my emails, I want the content to be up to date with what's happening in my life today. So I would never send an email about something that happened 10 days ago or like, you know, years ago, because sending live emails keeps readers interested in your life in a way they would never be if you'd only be telling them old tales, you know? It's like you're catching up with a friend, like, hey, how are you doing today? Oh, look, this happened to me today. You know, it's a different kind of energy. So that's how I run my email list. And I thought I could do it during a launch where I would have to send daily emails like that. Uh, now, I don't send daily emails. I only send two times per week or something like that. Um, so it's a big difference to go from that to having to think about an email idea every single day uh, where you entertain people, you know? Because there were days when nothing happened in my day, you know? I was taking my laptop, doing my thing. So what, what do you write about? Anyway, somehow I wrecked my brains and found ideas and I did the launch and everything was great. But yeah, I could have at least written two or three emails in advance to have for those moments when I really couldn't think of anything. <laughs> so I think that was a big, big mistake. That's interesting. It's interesting you just mentioned about how, you know, like your personal email marketing, you know, for your own brand, like you like, it's a lot of storytelling. Yeah. Do you apply that same kind of storytelling stuff like to brands? Like do you want your do you want your brands to tell stories? Like, is that like yeah. a big part of the strategy you, you like to push? Yeah, absolutely. So that was what the, the conference you mentioned was all about. Because I think every brand can do this. It just depends on how you're going to do it. So my emails are very like, I try to make them funny. I try to make people laugh through my emails. Now, obviously, perhaps this wouldn't work for a SaaS company who wants to appear very serious and stuff like that. I completely understand that. But the idea of telling stories works regardless of the type of brand you have because you are telling stories to humans, not to customers, right? Customers are humans. Um, and there are, you know, so many studies that show how much stories impact us as human beings. And now there are studies that link this to sales as well. So really, I don't see a reason why you shouldn't be using stories. It just depends on the style on how you're going to deliver them, basically. Right, right, right. For sure. I mean, that maybe segues to what was your biggest win? Right. I think so. You know, I could talk here about the money I helped generate and stuff like that, but I don't really <laughs> consider those wins. Because it's not always just about, I mean, I think it's never just about you as a copywriter. It's also about how engaged that person's list is. It's also about, you know, the offer they're selling, if the market wants that offer in the first place. But, <laughs> but there are a lot of things here that matter. And to say that, you know, you're the one who brought this company this much money <laughs> without you, they couldn't have done it. I don't know. Yeah, that's beautifully humble of you, you know, because it's really like, you know, you have so many guests that like, you know, and even personally, I said, I felt like, you know, like I had sent an email and it generated $90,000. Mm. Like, and we smashed the, you know, the previous high was 30, you know, and it's just like, oh my gosh, we destroyed it. <laughs> um, no, so it, it definitely helped. But you're right. It has to do a lot with that. It was an addictive product. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. 
you know, and that was what the people wanted, you know, and I knew that and that was an easy thing to figure out, you know, I wasn't really such a genius, <laughs> um, you know, so sometimes like the stars align for you, but you know, yeah, that good piece of copy really also performed, exactly. like it did its part. Yeah, it can be any of those things and sometimes you know, other times you don't know, like it can be a lot of things. Uh, for sure, good copy always helps. Like, that's not what I'm <laughs> trying to argue against. Um, but I would prefer to take my biggest win in another direction and say that getting a call prospect to respond to my call pitch within 10 minutes and agree to a meeting, I think that's quite a win because I write really lengthy, hyper-personalized um, call emails. I don't do the you know, the thing where you get 2,000 email addresses and you write one page and then you try to personalize the first line and maybe the company name in the middle. I, I mean, it works for some people, I'm sure, but I don't have the patience to, <laughs> to get that many email addresses. And I don't know, it sounds a bit spammy to me. So yeah, I hyper-personalize. I do a lot of market research on that one person. And I write an email to them in the way that I would write to my list, for example. And yeah, it, it works so well that within 10 minutes I can get a meeting booked. So I think that's great. Wow. Did you take a course? I mean, cause I just, it's funny. Just, I talked to, I should probably talk to her about coming on the show, but Brie Weber. Yes. I uh, worked with her. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so did you take her course? Like her, could, uh, you know, her cold pitch, um, Masterclass or whatever she calls it. Yeah, yeah. So she has a masterclass and then she has a bigger course. I only took the masterclass. It was like part of Copy Hackers Tutorial Tuesday, I remember. Um, and that was enough for me. Like she provides really good value in that masterclass. So I just applied it over and over until I got to a point where things got easy and I can see what I have to do to make it work for me. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's, that, that's awesome. Yeah, so you mentioned like struggling, you know, doing the launch and then you're like stuck. Oh, shoot. You know, you have to write, you know, a whole series of emails for the next week at least. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, like where can you get copy ideas, you know? Um, yeah, so for my own emails, I generate ideas from whatever happens in my life, obviously. And then I also like not, not necessarily what happens in my life with the people in my life, not always, mostly it is about that. But there are also times where something happens on the internet, you know, I get emails from oh, people yeah. and maybe they are really weird emails. And I talk about, like I got recently, I got an email from these hackers who are threatening to destroy the reputation of my entire company. And it was weird <laughs> because they sent the email. I don't know how they did it, but it appeared in my inbox as if I was getting the email from myself and I clicked it. I was like, what is this? Why do I have an unread email from myself? <laughs> and they said something like, oh, you're getting an email from yourself because we have hacked into your servers and we're using this. And obviously that got me a bit scared, but then I saw it was just a scam. So I took that whole email and I made, you know, witty comments on it and like <laughs> how they didn't fool me and stuff like that. Like, it, was, it ended up being really funny. So it's a mix between things that happened in my life per se and things that happen with my business online. For my clients, the same things apply. It's just that I have to obviously interview them and find out those stories that they should be telling. And then also I do emails for e-commerce businesses as well. 
So here, some of my clients like to use stories, others don't. And for those who don't, you know, I check very good emails, like <laughs> every email <laughs> copywriter does. Uh, and I get inspired by the things there. You know, I analyze what others are doing and try to find my own spiel on things and try to get creative. So yeah, th- those are the main ways of getting inspired. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I had a follow up. I'm blanking on it. But we'll get on to the next question and then we'll, we'll, we'll circle back. So what brands do you like, you know, to follow and, and get their emails and, and, you know, for inspiration, you feel like they're smashing it? Uh, <laughs> like, ecom brands, are we talking? We can talk about ecom, we can talk about SaaS. I was curious also, now I remember what my follow-up question was about. Okay. Like when you're working with brands, like is it usually you're building automations or you're building, you know, campaigns on an ongoing basis or hmm. it's it's both so when it comes to e-com businesses what i get asked to do most of the time is automations and auditing automations as well but i also work with a lot of personal brands and that's where you know retainers come in place so i write all their emails for the month for example stuff like that so yeah it's a mix of both uh-huh okay and what, so what are your favorite brands in the inbox? Yeah, right. So I talk about these brands so much. I am convinced people think I work with them in some way. <laughs> I promise. It's called Four Sigmatic and they sell mushroom coffee, very unique product. And I don't, I just think their emails are great. Like, um, they're doing the whole. Did you say mushroom? Sorry, just clarify. Did you say mushroom coffee? Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> okay. All right. You want to explain to our listeners what is mushroom coffee? It doesn't sound, yeah. doesn't sound like coffee. It doesn't sound appealing. <laughs> so they're not putting shiitake mushrooms in the coffee. It's a, it's, it's a different types of mushrooms, uh, like lion's mane and chaga, like mushroom that had a lot of properties for health reasons, for the brain especially. And no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms, even though it has mushrooms in it. Um, but yeah, it's a really unique product. Um, I use it every day. And I use it every day, honestly, because their emails and their customer service are just top-notch, out of this world. Like, honestly. Are they Romanian? No, no, they're, I think they're Finnish. Oh, really? Okay. Well, in fin- you know, in Finland, they have plenty of mushrooms also. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah. And they're, they're in English, the emails and everything. So everyone can go check them out. But, you know, the, the whole concept, cause I know, you know, Valentin Radu, he was a guest here as well. And his whole thing is customer value optimization, right? And I always give these guys for Sigmatic a shout out for doing customer value optimization so well. For example, there was a time where I ordered a bunch of things from them, you know, protein powders and coffees, and it was a pretty big offer, a pretty big uh, cart that I had ordered, yeah. And I think I accidentally got, I accidentally added uh, a product I didn't want. And so immediately I messaged them, hey, I would like to cancel this order because I, I messed something up. Unfortunately, they were very busy at the time, like they were getting tons of emails. So they didn't go back to me until my order had already arrived at my house. And they were like, oh, we are so sorry. Like, here's a full refund. I was like, what do you mean? Here's a full refund. (laughs) Who does that? Right. So yeah, I basically had free coffee and protein for that month. And like, wow. And it was like a whole order. 
And there was just one item in there that you really didn't want. And that was the whole yeah. reason why you wanted to cancel. But like it already arrived. Yeah. I feel like that's what's becoming, you know, like I've had similar experience with Amazon, hmm. you know, like, yeah, like I want to, re- I bought deodorant. Oh, we want to return it. Oh, you can't return it. Just keep it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And it's like shocking. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. What is the world coming to? <laughs> because they care so much about your happiness. Yeah. That they don't Brand <laughs> reputation is really, really important. Exactly. And um, yeah. And, and the opportunity to wow the customer, it's, it's worth more. Like, you know, to, to get you to go to a store and have to ship the whole thing back, mm-hmm. you know, is, is a big pain, yeah. you know, and then you got it for free. Like, you'll write that up. I mean, don't try this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely not to take advantage or anything. But I just think they're a really cool brand for doing these things. And then their emails are really funny all the time and different from everything else in my inbox. So I love Four Sigmatic. I also like Vivo Life. Uh, Vivo Live, they sell protein powders, I think, and um, their emails are very personal. So every time I open, is their CEO emailing me and he has like a story about how he's doing cold showers and how healthy it is for him and stuff like that. So it's a very personal approach to how they do emails. I love that. And there's also Surreal Serial, which are in the same spectrum, like very funny emails. They have quite a witty persona there. So someone was saying at some point, they had a testimonial from this girl, Linda, who was saying, oh, your cereal tastes like uh, unicorns and rainbows. And the reply was like, no, Linda, it does not taste like unicorns and rainbows. It tastes like berries because it's made of berries. Something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I love stuff like that. Attention e-commerce store owners. Are you tired of losing sales due to an ineffective abandoned cart email strategy? Abandoned cart expert can help. Our proven optimization strategies are guaranteed to help you recover more lost sales and boost your bottom line. Plus, with our no-pay guarantee, there's no risk. Don't let your lousy abandoned cart emails cost you more sales. Head to abandonedcartexpert.com now to learn more and start turning more abandoned carts into purchases. Right now, for sure. I mean, I think in, what you're touching on is like it's 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 almost like necessary, like like D2C brands, like smaller companies, to show a lot of personality in the inbox, like to have fun with the space mm-hmm. and try things and be fun and funny. Mm-hmm. One of the guests I really wanted to have on uh, was and, and it didn't work out, uh, but she actually wrote all her answers. Um, mm-hmm. So I have this like amazing blog post in essence, um, but woman Ashley from Chubby's, mm-hmm. Chubby's Shorts. Yeah, what happened was she was going to be a guest and then they got acquired and she couldn't be. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, because they're doing great copy. It was hilarious and, you know, and they sell such a product. It's like really a summer product, but like they have it going on all year round. Mm-hmm. And every email is like so much fun. It's like you opened like a fun party bag or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> Right, yeah, just don't take yourself so seriously and, you know, and have fun and, and engage your audience, you know. If it's fun for them to open the email, they'll they'll open your email, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you'll engage them. And then when they need shorts, they, they, you know, they got value. Like, a laugh is value. Oh. You know, you got them, yeah. And you know, like, yeah, life is- in a world where 
TikTok videos are so watched, like everyone on the planet right, watches TikTok videos. <laughs> humor and the way we consume humor has changed recently. And you can no longer send plain emails like, dear customer, here is your discount code. Please buy from stuff like that. Because people accept, um, people are expecting you to talk differently in a way, you know? Plain stuff doesn't work anymore. For sure. For sure. And like what I think, yeah, Liz, Liz Willits, who I had on, you know, she talks about this. I've seen a few times like that. Everyone's human, <laughs> you know, like even if you're B2B, it, you're still talking to another human being. Yeah. So, and it's actually interesting. I think is like a lot of times humor is, is the expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about the expectation. So like if you're a SaaS company and no one's expecting a joke in there and then you just like slip one in, yeah. it's like hilarious. It's like you won the internet that day. <laughs> like, cause now, yeah, like that's not what people expect to see. You know, you're, you know, your Dropbox or your whoever you are, LinkedIn, who knows? But yeah, it's a lesson, you know, for all whoever we're working for you, just you can have an opportunity, like have fun in the inbox, make it fun for your customers. And you, if you yourself are having fun, then probably they are also. Yeah. I mean, so. it's also the fact that, you know, like you said, people don't expect you to talk in that way if you're a SaaS company, let's say. And that's possibly why SaaS companies are scared to try on a more humorous approach because like oh people don't expect us to talk like this like what are they gonna think mm-hmm. uh, but that's exactly the type of risk that you should be taking because it can really make you uh have a unique voice and a unique presence yeah for sure i mean that's it you know and i've been doing this is episode 35 overall mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know one of the companies that often gets mentioned in favorite brands is uh Swerzy. Uh, it's called Swerzy's. It's, um, no, wait, I might be messing it up. It's a, it's a spice company. Uh-huh. <laughs> they sell spices. I think it's, it's not, I think it's not Swerzy. I'm mixing up. Swerzy's a client of mine, sort of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, and they sell chocolate. Yeah. But it's something like that. And yeah, and it's just amazing. Like they're, they sell spices like a million other people on the internet. But like because they create such a, you know, unique brand voice and create such a following. Mm-hmm. They're super liberal. That's their brand voice. <laughs> like yeah. super, you know, I'm proud of it. And, you know, and obviously that gets them, that whole liberal crowd. And it's a few, you know, it could be a few hundred million people. So good. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't, you didn't do anything wrong. You might have pissed off another 50 million people, but, yeah, yeah. you know, you gained another 50 million, you know, and same to the companies that I do, like, oh, don't write that. <laughs> don't put that in the newsletter. Take that out. No, it's okay. You can show a little bit of, you know, who you are and it's not going to, you know, and some people won't subscribe and it's okay. Yeah. And the other people, maybe they'll pass it to five friends, you know, because it's good content. Yeah, it's a calculated anyway. risk at the end of the day. But it's calculated. A hundred percent. If you have like templates and frameworks and maybe like it'll follow up because um, I actually have it. It's like coming up. Maybe we'll skip that question if I ask it now. But like with chat GPT, mm-hmm. like I've been using chat. Last week I like discovered chat GPT because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Chase Diamond, who we, we all friend of all players, he published like these prompts mm-hmm. where you just put in, you know, like fill in product name, fill in what the qualities are you want to emphasize, yeah. fill in, you know, yeah, you just like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's, and it, and it comes, it spits out this like awesome content. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like my clients, like product pages, like now have like from 
you know, 10 word descriptions to like a paragraph of text that like is, you know, is awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking like, you know, like copywriters have had these templates forever, you know, Mm -hmm. like these different ways of writing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just go. I don't even know where the question was. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, I think. So ChatGPT, oh boy, has been a buzz about it. And for good reason. I mean, it is awesome. Come on. We have to agree. It is pretty freaking awesome. Um, is it going to take over our jobs? Maybe. <laughs> Some of us, like, uh, especially if you are just starting out now and you know, your way of writing copy is to just take one of those frameworks like the PAS and write based on that without personality, without anything. Like that's easily replaceable with ChatGPT. So what you want to do in this case is start developing a unique style on one hand and on the other hand to start building your authority in the field of copywriting and marketing um, because then People would be buying for you as a brand, you know, um, they would trust you as an expert. And yes, they can generate messages from chat GPT. But what I've observed about it is that it lacks that personal human element at the moment. So I tried, for example, writing an email with it in my style, you know, story based email, and it did it, but it wasn't. It wasn't anything great. Like I wouldn't have sent that email, you know? So at the moment, it's still not there. You cannot use it to do a lot of crazy things that we want to do with email. Uh, but it can definitely replace, you know, the, the people who don't, who are in the beginning stages, which of course they will learn more and will advance and surpass that. Or the people who don't make an effort to grow beyond writing the PAS straightforward emails that you know, Chase Demond just showed us how you can do exactly that with ChatGPT. So you need to bring something more to the table. That's what I'm saying. And oh yeah, if I use templates and frameworks, you asked me. Um, I hate templates. I really, really hate templates because they stomp on your creativity and they kind of put you in this box that you have to follow. And subconsciously, you get the idea that you don't need to think about other ideas, other creative ways to write these emails. Whereas with a framework, a framework is just a way of guiding your message, but not from a creative point of view, you know? So like the PAS, problem, agitation, solution, but it doesn't tell you write a problem um, from this point of view or from this perspective. You have to figure that out, right? So yes, frameworks, no to templates, basically, and ChatGPT, is okay. <laughs> you know, we can do our job still as long as we bring something else to the table, which is, you know, developing a unique style, mostly. Right. Like each of us has, like, you know, their own voice and way we write. And, you know, okay, you mentioned like you tried it to, to like, you feel like if you gave it the right prompt, like it could come really close to what you would want to write? Yeah, it, it did, but I had to I had to edit the prompt a lot before I got there. So in that time I could have written uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, no, that's uh all right, cool. Yeah, it's some good stuff. Alright, who are your favorite copywriters to follow either, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter mm-hmm. or 
you know, or the internet in general. I mean, I'm, you know, Joanna, we've been copy hackers, definitely is top of the list, but anyone else? Yes. So I would say Daniel Trussell definitely has such a big impact on my career this year, because that's when I discovered him mostly. Um, but his style is so unique and he tells obviously story-based emails. Um, and I learned from him a lot of this stuff. And then I found a way to bring my own voice into the mix and, you know, differ from the way he does it in that sense. But he's had such a big influence on me. And yeah, I just think he's a copywriting genius, if not, you know, a genius because he like, he speaks a a bunch of languages, like he speaks Japanese and he taught it to himself. Uh, I don't know. He's just a really smart dude. And I, I love that. There's also Chris Orzichowski that I follow because he also brings this uh, idea of uh, personality-based emails in e-commerce. He's kind of the pioneer of this movement, <laughs> and I love following him and learning from him on that front, on the e-commerce front. There's also Ben Settle, you know, and of course, Joanna Wig, whom you already mentioned. So yeah, I could name more, but these are, yeah, the, the four most important people in my inbox. <laughs> All right. That's a good list. I'll to put it together. Do you have any favorite tools I mean, uh, or books or, you know, or is it all just like internet, um, you know, stuff? So when I started, of course, I read like all the beginnery books for copywriting and stuff like that. But right now I don't read copywriting books anymore. I think I've, you know, mastered the basics and now I can just try to bring my own thing into the mix. However, I'll tell you the coolest tool I have at the moment, and I'm not affiliated in any way, but Daniel Trussell, whom I mentioned earlier, has this new subscription newsletter. It's called Adventures in Copyland. And it's only, I think, four or five issues in, but oh my God, like it's the best thing ever. Like every month I'm getting this um, new tactic um, that's from a completely different perspective. So f- I'll give you an example. He talked about the price anchoring method. So, you know, where you, uh, where you say how this course should cost $4,099, whatever dollars, <laughs> but today I'll only give it to you for $10 because I'm nice. <laughs> you know, that method doesn't work anymore. Like everyone can spot that it's a, it's a technique there. It doesn't grab you as much. So he came with, he came up with this completely different approach. You know, it, it's quite complicated to explain here, but I like the fact that he is kind of revolutioning at these things. And yeah, it's a, it's a different way of looking at them. And you could sit there and think about a different way to, to do price anchoring, but it would take you hours and it would take you, you know, you would have to have a lot of, years of experience in copywriting to come up with these things. So for me, this newsletter right now is the most important asset I have. Uh, I'm learning a lot by using it. Yeah. That's awesome. Hmm. Okay. So you are, yeah, like we're all in the same kind of business, but like, you know, you're doing emails, you know, but their web copy looks like something different. Like you're creating this brand voice on the email side where it, you know, that's not, you know, they're doing on social, it's not all matching. So how do you, how do you manage that? Or I mean, the question really is how important is for brands to have one single voice? Um, I think 
It's important in the sense that it creates uh, something known as parasocial relationships. And this is what the whole talk in Valencia was about. And for those who don't know, a parasocial relationship is the type of relationship you have with uh, someone on a TV show, like a character or a celebrity. Like you would find yourself thinking about them and, oh, I wonder if they're still together with so-and-so as an example. Um, and the fact that they popped into your mind, but that person doesn't even know you, you know, that's called a parasocial relationship. And you can do this when you show up with uh, with one voice and one style of doing things online, you know, you're with your brand. Um, but I also think there can be multiple ways of showing up. So for example, I built my brand based on three characteristics of myself. I'm, I'm a very, I can be a very shy person in certain situations. And when that happens, you know, um, ridiculous things will happen. Like I will respond to someone's question in a very weird way because I'm shy, <laughs> you know. Um, and then I'm also, I can also be very confident in other areas of my life. And I also try to be funny. I like to think that I'm somewhat funny. So I bring all these three things into play when I write things online. Sometimes I lean on one more than the other. So in my emails, you'll see a lot of quirkiness and funny stuff. On social media, you're going to see a lot of my confidence side about business and stuff like that. So even though, you know, I portray different aspects of myself, people can still see that it's me who's writing those messages. So it is important to have a single voice in that sense, but also don't be afraid to show different aspects of your brand or of yourself because you're not one dimensional, right? You have more depth than just being funny, let's say. Yeah, what parts of email copywriting do you find the most challenging? I think it's ideation. So coming up for ideas for campaigns and I'm relating this particularly to e-commerce because you need to look on uh, very good emails and see what other people are doing and do the same thing. But it's more difficult to see what they're doing and then try to find a different approach to it. Um, so yeah, I try a lot to do things differently and write unique emails for my customers, for my clients. Uh, but sometimes, you know, it's hard to reinvent the wheel and it takes a, a, it can take longer for ideas to click in my head and be like, oh, I got it. Uh, other times it's very easy, I just sit down and write. But I think that's the most challenging. It's not that challenging, but you know, the most fun. Right now, that's a, it's hard. You know, I mean, we're in like sort of the same business and yeah, like just coming up with like a month worth of uh, three campaigns a week. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's like 12 campaigns, like, or, you mm -hmm. know, like that. Yeah, and make each one worthwhile. Not just like, just we're sending something that day. Like really try to provide value and yeah. So glad we're all struggling with the same same stuff. Exactly. All right. You, do you know who Yana Taria Aspraki is? No. Uh, okay, well, she's like a deliverability expert. So it's like a different part of email. Okay, yeah. But when I asked her this final question, she went on for like 45 minutes. Oh. So <laughs> you have plenty, if you want to go that way, you can. But the final question is just like, do you have any final thoughts you want to share? Final thoughts I want to share, I think just people should listen to your podcast. And I'm not just saying that because I'm here. I have listened to your podcast before joining because 
you have some really great people on this podcast. Like I was telling you earlier, Nikki Albaz, Chase Timon, Valentin Radu, like so many cool people. And their your interviews are pretty long as well. So if you really want to get into uh, the gist of things and find out more detail from these cool people that we should all be following online, like this is the, the podcast to hear those things. So yeah, just, uh, just a shout out to you. <laughs> Oh, thank you very much. It's very flattering of you. Thank you so much, really, for coming on and sharing your your journey and, uh, you know, yes. onward and upward. Thank you so Keep much it up. for having me. This was great. For sure. All right. That's our show for today. Uh, thank you, anyone who popped in to watch. Um, and uh, I can't tell you who's coming on next, but stay tuned. That's all for today's episode of Inboxing. Uh, big thank you to our guest. And if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Any feedback or suggestions, please just reach out to me at hello at hellobird.com. Um, before we go, I want to remind you there's still sponsorship opportunities available for Inboxing. Uh, so if you're interested, you can just reach out to me again. And thank you to our current sponsor, which is Bentley Card Expert. Uh, without their support, this wouldn't be happening. So if you're an e-commerce brand looking forward to recover more lost sales, uh, be sure to check them out at BentleyCardExpert.com. Thank you for listening and tune in next week, every Monday, the next episode of Inboxing.